Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Finding someone who shares your values in today's culture isn't easy, and being single around the holidays isn't easy either. That's why Catholic Singles created a website and app where single Catholics can meet and get to know each other that focuses on values, activities, and interests. For over two decades, Catholic Singles has been fostering deep relationships because your faith matters. Start today at catholicsingles.com. That's catholicsingles.com. Ignatius Press is pleased to announce the first national book club created for Catholic schools. Ignatius Book Club for Catholic Schools was launched to support Catholic schools' dedication to forming the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Ignatius Book Club for Schools partnered with leading publishers of children's literature to offer the best books and educational materials for all reading levels and interests. Head to ignatiusbookclub.com podcast and find wholesome books that delight, inspire, and enrich. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. Hi, this is Sherry Lamonte. And I'm Father Jim Evans. Welcome to Mary's Touch Christmas Special. We have some wonderful stories for you today in the Christmas Special Edition. During this wonderful time of the year, the Christmas season, we are going to feature four stories. We have a lot to share with you. It's an abundance of great stories. So let's get started with Paula's story. She reminds us that it is not always easy to see answers to prayers, even if they appear at our window. We were going to visit my parents' house, um, my parents for Christmas, and um, we had to travel through the hills of Pennsylvania, and this was on Christmas Eve day, and our car broke down. Now there's my husband and myself and my five children, uh, the oldest being 15 and all the way down to a baby. And packed with Christmas gifts and everything and food and cookies and everything for Christmas. So um, we are in the middle of the mountains and our radiator um, blew. So my husband gets out of the car and starts to walk. I lock the doors and we start praying our rosary. And um, I would notice behind me, behind us, um, a pickup truck, a a very um, old pickup truck drove up behind us and parked. And we're praying our rosary (laughs) and praying our rosary. And um, I got, I was getting a little, a little nervous. Um, A a gentleman walked out of the van who was, um, he looked like he, he was, um, you know, had long hair and kind of mess, messy face and just, just a little rough looking. And um, he, he came around to the window and asked if we could help, if he could help. And I said, um, well, my husband's up at the gas station right now getting help. Thank you very much. And he, you know, just nodded and went back to his car and um, he wasn't leaving. And it was a little, I got a little nervous. You know, we're still praying our rosary, and my husband comes walking back from the gas station, 
and um, this gentleman came back to talk to him and here he was a mechanic um, who had a um, truck full of tools in his car. He was just happened to be going someplace on New Year's or Christmas Eve himself and so he didn't ever go that route and he just happened to be going that route and um, he asked my husband if he could help him fix the radiator to get us to where we needed to go and I'm looking at this man and he had this baseball hat on and it said Jesus on it with a Jewish star on it with a star of David on it and I just looked at my kids and I, I pointed at it and I said you guys look at that you know he was the nicest man he was so nice and he helped my husband fix the car to get us where we needed to go um, which was actually we got to another couple miles up the road um, where we could walk to a police station that was um, uh, just up the road and we was able to help us. But he followed us the whole way to make sure that we got there safely and um, you know, we gave him the cookies that were in our car. You know, he was so sweet and you know, I just um, couldn't help but think about how scared I was when he walked up because he didn't look like, um, well he just looked a little rough, you know. and. And, and then he just turned out to be an angel. You know, it was just so neat that on Christmas Eve that a man who had a hat that said Jesus on it um, with a star of David was there to rescue us. That was just so cool. And then we got to the police station and they had all kinds of food and candy there for the kids because they just had a Christmas party. And everything um, turned out to be beautiful. And you know, we were all so happy because of this man who came and helped us in the name of Jesus. And um, we really felt that that was a, a beautiful gift. Our, that was our Christmas gift from, from, from Jesus. Thanks for that great Courier and Ives description of uh, over the hills and, and through the woods. And I wanted to say, Paula, it's not good to profile. He had identification. <laughs> Isn't that something? It's sort of a Beauty and the Beast story in which we're always told, don't go around judging books by their covers. And, of course, uh, we do tend to do that, being human. At the same time, how much beauty have we seen through some of the most outrageous scenarios and sometimes through some people that we just... Uh, wouldn't expect. And, you know, there's a lot of beauty underneath the exterior of a lot of beasts. Oh, there you go. And our angels don't always have wings. Well, this is true. In fact, uh, angels are a most interesting aspect of our lives. In fact, our radio listeners should look around and talk to your angels. You know, we all have a guardian angel. We believe that. This, this is the time, isn't it, when we see angels representing uh, the angels in the sky on the oh, day yeah. Christ was born. So yes. I think let's everybody look for our angels. And it's time to get on with our next story, Father. And the story comes from Jean and her family who had spent Christmas in Rome, which, of course, I can imagine was just wonderful. But getting home was a different story. And it only happened with Mary's help. That Christmas in Rome, when we showed up at the the Rome airport to return home on December 30th, I was in fear for my three children. As we went up to the, the ticket counter and we went to check in, the agent said that only two of us were actually booked on this December 30th flight. Three others were booked on the same flight, but on December 31st. Bill and I 
are today, and Ted, Nick, and Alex, who are 13, 12, and 9, are tomorrow. I'm thinking, how did we miss this? Oh my gosh, obviously we didn't make it this way. This is just a mistake. And ticket agent is saying, well, do you want to check in or not? And we said, well, no, we need to reticket the children to be with us. And she said, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. There's no more seats on this flight. You're just going to have to call and see when the next flight with five openings would be. I can't imagine how much that's going to cost. I'm thinking, no, that's not going to work. That's not an option. I thought, well, okay, I propose. How about if one parent and one child goes back today and the other parent will stay with the other two children and come back on the flight that's booked tomorrow? And she said, no, you can't do that. You can't change passengers' names on the itineraries at the last minute on the international flight for security reasons. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And she said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. You'll have to step aside. So Bill and I step aside with the kids, and we're in a near state of panic. And Bill says, well, I'm calling American Airlines. Well, he starts talking to American Airlines, and his voice starts getting louder and louder, and he starts getting angrier and angrier, and he starts panicking. I can hear the fear in his voice. We need a miracle. I mean, only God can fix this. And I gathered my kids, and I said, you need to pray, and you need to pray as hard as you can for a miracle. And I walked up to this woman, and as I went up to her, I just looked at her and I said, I, I need help. And she looked at me and she said, today, all five of you on that flight, I make it happen. Don't worry. And I thought, Mary's doing this. I had been praying only to Mary. Pray for us, Mary. Help us, Mary. And when this woman said, I'll fix this for you, I'm thinking, I'm looking at Mary. And I reached over and I held her arm and I just said, thank you. And this beautiful ticket agent with these twinkly eyes printed out our boarding passes and handed them to us and looked me in the eye and she said, run. So we take off running. Airport's so crowded. Got the kids, our carry-ons, you know, we're running as fast as we can. We finally find security. Security is packed. Mary didn't bring us this far to fail now. She's getting us on that plane. You keep praying and we'll be on that plane. So we, we get through security and we think, okay, now we're going to run for the gate. Well, we run a few yards and we find out we have to get in another line, this time to, to stamp our passports. So Ted's in the line in front of us, 13-year-old. And I tell Ted, Ted, after you get your passport stamped, you just haul to gate 25. You just start running get there and then tell them, you know, my family's right behind me. Don't let the plane go, go, but don't get on the plane until we're with you. He said, okay. So we have this all, this plan. Ted gets stamped. He runs. 30 seconds later, Nick, the 12-year-old, he gets stamped. He takes off. Then goes Bill. And then bringing up behind is um, myself and my daughter, Alex. We're running down this long terminal, looking at all these gates. And as we're running, all of a sudden, there's this orange sign that says, Tram gates 25 through 42. And I went, oh, no, no, we have to take a tram to get to the gate. So I turned to the right with Alex. I look around. There's no Ted. We didn't know what to do. And again, I turned to Mary, and I said, Mary, don't let me lose my boy in this Rome airport. Oh, Mary, help me find my boy. And who comes running up? But Ted. We got on that tram. 
it's been probably an hour since we got our boarding passes. And as we run up to the gate, the agent with those twinkling eyes who had printed up our boarding passes is there waiting for us. She has held the plane for us. I was thinking, there's no earthly reason why we should have made this flight. I mean, Mary made this miracle. Mary got us here. Thank you, Mary. Oh my gosh, thank you. Jean really did have a Christmas miracle, did she not? That couldn't happen today. Oh, I tell you, this story goes uh, way beyond praying for a parking space. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you can just imagine the efficiency of the Italian airport. Those of you who have been there, you know what a madhouse it is. And uh, the panic that goes into our lives. And I think one of the things that we need to take a look at in this story, Sherry, is calming down during the Christmas season. It's a time of joy. It's a time of recognizing that our Lord and Savior came into this world as one of us, and he brought joy to us, not fear, not some form of uh, evil anticipation, but a time of joy and peace. And so many times, if we can calm down and do like Jean did and resort to prayer, good, calm thoughts, meditation, unite ourselves with this holy family, in this case, of course, especially with the Virgin Mary, I think that that is the greatest alleviation of fear that I can imagine. It it works for me. Well, there you are. And I'll bet our radio listeners have all experienced the calming presence of the Holy Family when they have been calmly in prayer. Well, and not only that, but did you uh, remember that she asked for help? That's right. And I think a lot of times, you know, that it, maybe it's that fear or that commotion where you forget to ask for help. Big difference between asking and demanding. Right, right. And sometimes when we are so, I guess, filled with fear, and once again, I use that word because it is that. And whenever we're in that situation, we just don't get into the thankful mode and realize that asking is a lot different than going to the altar filled with this stack of demands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give me, give me, give me. And really, it's like, give us this day our daily bread. There it is. There it is. Thanks for your good thoughts on that story, Father. Let's take a break for just a little bit here, but stay with us for more heartwarming Christmas stories on the Mary's Touch Christmas Special. You're listening to Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love in our lives. Visit marystouch.org to find out how you can help support us with your prayers and your donations. Find out more about Mary and tell us your story. It's all at marystouch.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Mary's Touch. 
I'm Sherry Lamonte along with Father Jim Evans as we do our Christmas special edition of Mary's Touch. Our next story is from Stacy, whose daughter Claire had died several years before. Now it was Christmas Eve, and God gave Stacy an answer to her prayers. When I was reading the newspaper that morning, and I opened up, and I saw this article in the Omaha World Herald, and it talked about all these kids from Romania that had been adopted by families in Norfolk, Nebraska. And it was a, something just really struck my heart, and I thought, we can do that. And I called my husband upstairs, and I had him read the article, and, and he said, forget it. I just could not get out of my head the notion that there was a little girl out there waiting for us. So that night, for the first time in I don't know how many years, we found ourselves at a church different than the one that we normally went to. And we were sitting in the chapel with this beautiful statue of Mary right in front of us. And I prayed and I prayed and I said, God, if you want us to adopt a child from Romania, I will go tomorrow because I would do that. But you're going to have to hit me over the head with a sign because Mark will never go for this unless he knows it's coming from you. So I turned next to me and there was a woman with all these little blonde-headed boys and one daughter who had dark brown hair and big blue eyes. And I looked at her and I said, Okay, God, if her name is Claire, I will know you want us to adopt. So I'm talking to myself while Mass is going on. And at the sign of peace, I turn to this woman and I say, peace be with you and by the way your daughter is so beautiful what's her name and she just smiled at me as if it was the sanest question to ask at the sign of peace and she said well her name is Claire that I knew that God had heard me heard my prayer at that moment in time and he had answered me and I don't think it was any coincidence that it happened in front of the statue of Mary Father, sometimes I, I know you're not supposed to ask for sign, but boy, isn't that the human thing to do to make sure you you think you're doing the right thing? What <laughs> what do you think about Stacy's ask? <laughs> well, it's very unusual, and yet at the same time, I've heard many people tell me that uh, they just were looking for something that would lead them or guide them, and we talk an awful lot about doors opening and doors closing. But to actually put a name on something, and literally, that's what she did. She said, if that child's name is, then I know. And um, um, I would say that's um, unusual. Uh, It worked in this case, and it certainly strengthened her faith. And I find it very difficult to argue against anything that strengthens someone's faith. Oh, that's a good way to put it. When she she was telling me this story, I almost— started holding my breath, thinking, now if that little kid's name is Claire, this is just going to be unbelievable. And when she said that, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, uh-huh. I wonder how she talked her husband into it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think she gave him much uh, wiggle room in this situation. It was pretty cut and dried because she sounded so incredibly determined. And obviously, uh, not only her journey of faith, but her mental health was all tied up in in this particular moment of anticipation and grief because she was grieving so much for a lost daughter. Yes. And her love was so strong. 
And I think that God takes love, because God is love, and uses it to put us into the grace necessary to complete a task at hand. And I certainly think that his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So in this case, the sparrow was definitely Stacy mm-hmm. and some little girl who obviously got adopted. Right. And I liked when she said, and this happened through, of course, intercessory prayer. This happened right in front of the statue of Mary. Yes. That yeah. cemented the deal. It, it really did. <laughs> some people uh, forget how important some form of a statue or an icon, a symbol. Uh, symbols are very important in our lives. And they don't have to be a particular statue or a, a particular uh, form of prayer, such as the rosary. But nonetheless, all of these religious symbols are an aid. They help us. And I don't think that we have any right to judge or to criticize whatever helps anyone in their journey of faith. And Mary is always there to help us in so many ways. I know that um, we hear a lot of ridiculing going on about things like, oh, my goodness, uh, they saw um, Mary's face in a tortilla, or uh, I looked up at the clouds and I saw the Holy Family and the cloud going overhead. And How about the grilled cheese sandwich? The grilled cheese sandwich. All of that stuff is there. And, you know, I have been guilty of chuckling when I've read things like that in the paper, and then I thought to myself, somehow I think that that was an aid to this person. And I know there have been many a time I've entered into a chapel or a fully lighted church, and something has come over me, an overwhelming feeling and experience, almost mystical, possibly truly mystical, feeling the presence of an angel, feeling the presence of our Mother Mary. All of these things do happen, and it's usually an individual thing. So God bless us, everyone, as Tiny Tim said. There you go. There you go. And two, when it comes to symbols, um, I was in a church once that um, they say this is the mantle that Mary had on when the day Jesus was born. And, uh, you know, somebody said, you're not going to believe that, are you? And I thought, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. But let's think about how long this has been here and how many people have come and got on their knees right at this spot and prayed right here. And it was just like, for that alone, this is a sacred spot. That's right. You know, and as you said, it's, it's a symbol and what the symbol can be for me might not work with you, but it's very individual. And if it brings you to a place to adore God, then I think it's a good symbol. Years and years ago, I was in a, a place in Missouri, and I was with a vowed religious. And we were talking, and it was in an outdoor area where there were, was a grotto nearby. And not knowing exactly where anything was, we just asked the question, is this a holy place? And his answer was, it is now. Oh, there you go. And I thought, wow, okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. As I say, this was at the Cathedral of Chartres outside of Paris. And I thought, 
does it really matter? For me, I happen to believe that, yes, that could be the veil that Mary wore that day. But it's for the prayers that have been said there since. That's right. That's right. That makes it a holy, sacred place. Okay. Our last story is absolutely one of my favorites. Jeanette almost missed Christmas until Mary asked her if she would like to see the baby. Oh, I'd like to tell you about something that happened to me 20 years ago. It was the Christmas season, and we were so busy with the children, trying to make special clothes for them for the holiday, and making presents, and baking cookies, and getting everything ready for the great celebration. But with the children's schedule, I didn't have much time for myself, and before I knew it, Christmas had come and gone, and I had spent no time with Jesus. We got to Mass, and I can tell you, I don't even remember it. About a week later, close to the Epiphany, I was cantering for Mass, and I stood next to the altar to receive communion with the attendants. And as I was thinking about receiving Jesus and holding him in my heart, I I happened to look up at the crush right in front of the altar, and I, I saw the back of Mary's head. And at that moment, I heard a voice inside me say, Would you like to see the baby? I was so moved that I I started weeping and I said, oh yes, I would. And I moved a step closer and looked over her shoulder, saw the baby Jesus and let him come into my heart. And I understood that she was helping me come see the Lord, that I I was not forgotten even though I'd forgot to spend time with Jesus. I was so grateful that she opened my eyes to him that I could hear his sweet voice for giving me an opportunity to have Christmas not too late. Oh, isn't that just a sweet, sweet story and and reminds us that Christ came to us as a gift. As a gift, and it also is a great reminder that one of the greatest ways that we can be introduced to Jesus is by being introduced by she who was chosen to carry the Christ child the Theotokos, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, beautiful, beautiful story. And I think especially at this time of year, I can speak as a mother, so that's how I am speaking. But it it does, it gets hectic. You know, there's always more food to be made. There's always people coming over, which is great. I mean, that's the spirit of Christmas. But sometimes it does get a little bit out of hand. And a trip to the church and kneeling down in front of the crash is a good way to, to take care of that, isn't it? I think that if we hear a knocking at the door of our hearts, we should take time to go to that door, open it, and you just might hear a voice saying, please, sir, I would see Jesus. Jesus knocks at our door every day, does he not? That's right, and we should always want to see Jesus as that voice might be saying within our hearts at this moment. And would you like to see Jesus? Always, always, and and recognize him as the the man with the long hair, with the cap on, with the that says Jesus and the Star of David, <laughs> or yeah. or as Jeanette said, you know, the baby in the crash. There's lots of ways to have Christ enter our hearts at this very special time of year. Before we run out of time, Father, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May the blessings of 
Our Lord be in all of your hearts and in all of your families. Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. I think this will be maybe one of the best blessings you've ever given, and that's your, your Christmas blessing. Would you do that now for us? Thank you. Almighty God, all honor and glory and praise unto you, especially in this season when we are so incredibly thankful that you came into our world as one of us in the form of Jesus the Christ, and the Word was made flesh. And now, by that blessing on that special moment that we celebrate at this time of year, we ask your blessing upon each and every one of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.